got to know when to hold up, know when to fold up, know when to walk away, and know when to run. Highlight of my week. Highlight of my week here in that intro music. Welcome to the Degenerate Podcast on the Times Yours Podcast Network. I'm Spike Eskin, along with the official handicapper of both this podcast, SpikeEskin.com, and all of Delaware County, Fantasource. How are you, sir? I am good. How are you? We were talking before we started recording about Halloween. Just real quick, maybe give me your top couple candies of choice. Top couple candies of choice. Well, personal favorite, I'm a, I'm a chocolate guy, so right. um, I'm always good on the Milky Way. I think I'll give that like... I'll give that three. You know, I'll work my way back. So three would be Milky Way. I think two, um, I don't know, I'm old school and I like the Snickers. I think that's just a good candy bar. Absolutely. And then number one, like the Boise State of candy bars is the uh, 100 Grand Bar. 100 Grand is simultaneously the best and most underrated candy bar out there. Yeah. I feel like it should be on the level of a of a Snickers, of a Three Musketeers, of, you know, the big the big five. I, I have to disagree with you on Milky Way, though it is good. I would never, um, if it's sitting there, whatever. But if you have a choice between a Milky Way and a Snickers, you know, a Milky Way is just the Snickers without the best part, I think. Yeah, that's you true. Know? I'm only, I'll give Three Musketeers like a 3A. Yeah. Like that whole, that triumvirate, Three Musketeers, Snickers, Absolutely. Milky Way. I'll grab any of those. I st- and my kids, they know to give up the, the 100 grand when they come in. They just throw them on on the table and I get to eat them all. <laughs> I love it. Well, you're the boss. Who's paying rent here in this situation? <laughs> exactly. Who's buying the costumes? Yeah, that's right. I have to throw in there. I am. I do enjoy chocolate, but I'm more of a sour, fruity candy sort of guy. Okay. So, the of course, the Sour Patch Kids are a are a staple. And I do think the Sour Patch Straws are a very underrated candy. And I'm a Mike and Ike's guy. Now, these are not very... You don't find these very often in Halloween candy. In fact, the the sour, sweet, fruity candy thing that you see a lot of that I actually don't think is very good is nerds. I've never thought nerds are very good. I'll eat them if they're there, but I think they're an overrated candy. Yeah, my kid, and, and you know, with kids these days, my uh, kids these days, I'll tell you, um, my kids are young, you know, and, and it, it's like... The whole game is how sour can you get the candy? Yeah, like warheads. Oh, my God. It's like, this is explosive sour. Yeah. You know, dynamite sour. I'm like, how bad do you want this to taste? And it's not going to taste it. It tastes like crap, you know? And they're eating it. They love it. Well, over to the gambling. You had another... We've done this podcast. This is the fifth time. So out of the four three-team teasers that you've given, and that is... We'll give you other information, but the crux of the Degenerate podcast is giving you the three-team teaser. Fantasaurus back on the winning track with another winner last week. You're now 3-1 and one with the three-team teasers. The Monday night, finally, it was a little shaky for a little while, but it came home with the Seahawks laying one and a half against the Rams. Yeah, I think we were laying one or, yeah, one or one and a half, and it came down to that final play, Kellen Clemens showing what he's made of um, and not, not delivering at the end. I don't understand the call of not running the ball, but, you know, that's why the Rams are the Rams, I guess. They just can't, couldn't deliver on the one-yard line. Absolutely. Um, and you had the Packers and I'm trying to remember. Oh, and the Saints last Saints. week. Yeah, yeah those, both of those games, they started off a little tight. Um, the Vikings gave up, or the Packers gave up a quick opening touchdown, kickoff touchdown to the Vikings. And, but then they just turned it on and just kind of blew them out. 
and the Packers did the, or the Saints did the same thing to um, Buffalo. They um, it was tight for a little bit, and then the second half it just became the, the Drew Brees show, and they both they both covered um, our teaser line pretty uh, pretty easily, and they covered the regular. Uh, point spread as well so so before we get to this week's three-team teaser and what we'll go over this week we'll do we'll give you your three-team teaser we'll get we'll go over some new Super Bowl odds maybe some uh yeah we'll do Super Bowl odds we'll do that yeah. last and before we get to the three-team teaser something that you brought up that you wanted to talk about that I thought was actually interesting that I wanted to relate to fantasy football actually but you're the whole notion of you know the the smart money and the the public versus the um wait what was the word the they like to call them sharps the sharps that's right the public yeah. versus the sharps yeah so yeah so i mean just being around you know just gambling and stuff for for as long as i have i don't consider myself a, a sharp in any sense but watching people kind of designate themselves or designate other people as sharp or square is the word for the public or uh you know whatever you want to call them there's there's definitely been uh, an attempt to differentiate the market between like the guys who know what they're doing and then just the losers who come in and throw their money away and you know and I disagree with that point a lot because especially in the last 10 years I mean when with the internet with the Im- amount of information that's available like no one if you want to find the information, you can find it. Like you don't have to be living, you know, in Vegas and going to a sports book every day and talking to people and knowing what's going on and seeing lines that are, you know, that are wrong. You know, that's old school stuff. That's like that's like Jimmy the Greek stuff, you know, when he would find market discrepancies and just take advantage of them. Um uh, but these days everyone has access to the same stuff. I have the same data in front of me for free that, you know, a sports book operator has in front of him talking about trends and stats and and you know a lot of the times um when you hear sharps it's people sort of think oh well those picks must they must be good you know they must they must always win but you know they really don't cuz you know if we look at an example of like last week um people on twitter like to send out a couple guys tweet out like oh the sharps are on this game and the public's on this game and um, Chad Millman, who's an ESPN guy, he does the gambling stuff for ESPN. He has some good information. I listen to his podcast and I read his columns. And he puts out the sharps and, and public picks every week. And, and last week he put out, you know, the sharps had seven picks and the public made five or were leaning towards those games. And the sharps went three and four and the public went four and one. So I mean, <laughs> that just shows you who no, nobody knows anything. You know, you might favor a side, but, you know, when it comes down to it, everyone's working off the same information pool. So um, there's no advantage, I don't think, at all. If you want to find the information, it's there. You know, you can be lazy and just not know what you're doing, but if you want to be better, there's information out there that you don't need to spend a lot of money to get. You know, have an internet connection and you're good to go. Well, and I think that brings up a good point to when lines move because theoretically it is the quote-unquote public moving it one way or another. If the public is more educated than it used to be, it might have been true 20 years ago. You know, when you when you, when you you didn't have access to this information and the public sees a line that might be, to first sight, might be fishy and move it the other way and you know it used to be I, I would remember listening to my dad and you know Mark Lawrence and when a line would move big time one way you would be wary of it because a lot of times the public wasn't knowing something that they should know that you know if it's too easy it must be it must be wrong 
But now, if the line's moving because the public is moving it, well, there are a lot more intelligent gamblers out there than it used to be. So I don't think that means the same thing that it used to mean. And I like to use fantasy football as an example. The the problem with fantasy football and all fantasy sports now and creating an advantage is that, like you said, there is so much information that everyone has access to. And, you know, we can all look at the same suggested picks or the same suggested plays. And you see guys that are not football experts that end up being fantasy football experts. I, I think more than ever, these things just whether it's fantasy or you know whether it's weekly fantasy the redraft leagues whether it's actual gambling it's all about how much time and thought you put into it because now you know because there is more information in front because there is more information available to you if you take that little bit of extra time again the different as we've talked about the difference between winning and losing in gambling if you're if you're doing it often is it's a very small difference you know for you to be a successful gambler and you're winning you know 57 58% of your bets there's not a very big difference between being a successful gambler and an unsuccessful gambler so even the guys who really know what they're talking about you know guys that are are good at what they do maybe aren't winning as much as you would think they would win so i think yeah. it's a good point that you bring up about the yeah, difference I mean, between you know, the public and and sharps yeah, if you want to look at you know and take an example of like oh well there's a guy who you know who who puts out consistently winning picks. I mean, I guess you may classify that guy as a sharp. He knows what he's doing. He's putting out winners. You know, you take a, some historical information and say all right, there's a guy that's in 2011. He puts out winners or puts out picks every week, and he hits at you know 57 percent. And then he comes back the next week, next season. NFL football puts out his picks every week publicly. You know, everyone can see what they are before the games kick off. And he hits at fifty-six percent. And then he comes in the third year and he's he's hitting at you know seventy-five percent. I mean, that guy's like, oh, he's a super sharp. Right. Well, that, guy, that, that guy's me. That's that was my record for the past three years. <laughs> you know, the one year on your site on SpikeEskin.com, I made a couple picks each week and I was hitting fifty-seven percent. The next year. Uh, the column moved over to CBS on the CBS local site, and I was picking every game every week against the spread, and I hit 55% or 56%. And then this year, I'm three and one on these teasers. So I mean, and I don't definitely don't consider myself a sharp. I'm not. I'm just a guy who likes to follow sports and kind of likes to do a little gambling here and there. It's not like I'm, you know, sitting in a in a sports book lounge with a cigar, like waiting for lines to open. No, man, I like that image. That's that's the image I have of you. As far as I'm concerned, you're a sharp. So, will you? <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, sit in my basement and uh, look at uh, websites and see which teams are going to win. But yeah, I mean, I think it's all and and it's fantasy football is also a great example in stocks. And the reason I think is because people don't want to take ownership of their own stuff. Like they want right. to say, oh, well, if a game loses, oh, well, that guy stinks. He gave me a bad pick. Well. Right. You know, you can make your own picks. All oh, fantasy football. You told me to start, you know, Drew Brees, and he only had two touchdowns, and, you know, my backup, uh, you know, Tannehill had four, and how come you didn't tell me about that? It's like, dude, do your own research. Make your own mind up. And, and you know, if you're asking me and I, I give you my opinion, don't yell at me because it's wrong. Yeah. I'm trying to help you out, you know? Well, but I like to say but smarter men than me make the same mistake. You know, yeah. actual NFL coaches and talent evaluators make this mistake. It's funny you mentioned about fantasy because I do a fantasy thing with Mike and Ike every week. So people ask me fantasy on Twitter. So when they ask me the question, I'll look at the matchup, you know, take my, give them my opinion. It's really, they don't know what 
expertise I have in fantasy. They just want somebody else to tell them what the right answer is so they, yeah. they have somebody to blame. If somebody was complaining to me when I hosted my dad's show a few weeks ago that Mark Lawrence you know, missed his two picks and he was like, ah, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I was like, well, first of all, you just took a free pick on the radio and you're, you're mad that it's not right. But second of all, you're, if you, what you have to do to really see if he knows what he's doing is keep track of all of his picks, not just yeah. the one weekend. But yeah, it is the notion of wanting to blame somebody else, I think, is, a, is an accurate one as well. Yeah. And just one final uh, comment on the sharps and squares conversation is every year in, in Vegas, they have this thing called the Super Contest. And it's, yep. it's getting some traction. I mean, for the past couple of years, I think Bill Simmons from ESPN has been involved and he's been talking it up. And, and Chad Millman is, as well from ESPN has been involved. So that, that get, it gets a lot of publicity now. And basically is um, any, anybody can buy into this um, handicapping tournament and you pay, I think it's fifteen hundred dollars for the to buy in. So everyone pulls up their fifteen hundred dollars. You make five picks a week, and the person or the the group that has the most at the end of the year wins top prize. I think the top maybe fifteen people get payouts or something. Um, you know, and and that's supposed to be like the best of the best are going up against each other. And then you know they these picks are public, so you can see by Saturday afternoon. They I think they make them public on Saturday afternoon. Um, who everyone's picking, who the quote-unquote professional guys who are bucking up, you know, 1500 bucks to make their picks uh, and win this big contest, who they're picking. And, you know, for the season, if you look at top the consensus picks each week, like the top five plays that are getting the, the teams that are getting the most play each week, they're 10 and 29 against the spread. Are you serious? I'm dead serious, yeah. there's, there's It's been through um, – you know, it said after eight weeks, it's 10, 29, and 1. So there's one push. Last week they went 2 and 3. It's it's pretty much a joke now on Twitter. It's funny where they, someone will put out the consensus picks and then he'll follow up with like, okay, time to fade those, which if he did, fading it means betting against <laughs> it. Um, you're going to win. I mean, because it's crazy how consistently bad they've been this year. You know, and, and it, that's supposed to be the aggregate of all the, the best guys that are in there. Now that's an open contest. Anybody with the money and and – can buy into it and play. It's like World Series of Poker. If you want to buck up, you're in. So the consensus doesn't really mean all the best handicappers, but it's it's who the group of these people that are promoting themselves as. We know what we're doing. We're paying in because we think we can win this thing. And um, you know, and they're and and they're losing. Uh, you know, hitting 25 percent, which is very 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 low. Probably hard to do if you just actually wanted to pick losers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I, one thing I learned, and then I promise we'll get to it's funny you mentioned that, then we'll get to the three-team teaser, is the, the notion about trying to pick losers. So when my brother's eight years younger than me, and when he took the SATs, I told him as a joke I would go take the SATs with him again, you know, even though I was 26 or whatever I was, or 25. <laughs> I was like, I'll go. And I was like, what I want to try to do is try to go get the lowest score possible. I thought it would be funny. But then I go in there and I realize that if I'm trying to get the lowest score possible to try to get the wrong answer, I have to interpret what the right answer is first and then try to get it wrong. So it's actually the same amount of work. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so trying to get it wrong is actually the same exact amount of work as trying to get it right because the only way that you can know that you're going to get it wrong is to know that you're going to get it right. So yeah. are you ready for this week's three-team teaser? Let's do it. Uh, before we get to it, I want to, of course, remind everyone that Three Team Teaser 
is a bet in which you have to pick three games, but and you have to get all three right, but you do have the option of swinging the line in your favor, 10 points, whichever way, or the total as well, right? You could do that with the over-under line as well. Okay, so here we go. So the way we do it is Fantasource will, for each game, will give me the biggest trend he's looking at for that game or one interesting one, and I'll try to guess the trend. So um, why don't we go game one? Go ahead. Okay, so this team uh, that we're picking in game one in all regular season games since 2010, 50 and 5 against the spread when you factor in the 10-point teaser swing. So that's hitting at 91%. Wow. All, all regular season games since 2010, 50-5 on the teaser line. I'm going to say I think I know this one. Yes. Looking at Because I did look at the matchups, of course, before we did this, and I actually think there are a few good matchups in there this week for the teaser. I, I'm not going to say how many bizarres you're going to give the teaser, but my guess is this is talking about the Patriots at home against the Steelers. That is incorrect. Oh, I wish I, I got to get a, a bad sound effect. Like a, <laughs> a what? Which? A, hmm. My second guess, I guess, would be the Packers. But but those are the only two I have. Is that right? Yes, it is Green Bay. Green okay. Bay yeah. So yeah. So the Packers, like we've we've used them a few times, um, and for good reason. They've won every time we've picked them this year. Yeah. Uh, and and a lot of stats point in their favor, especially when you talk about um, division games and, and division games as a favorite, things like that. Uh, this week they're playing on Monday night. Uh, they're playing the Bears, and the line is Packers minus 10.5 points. So when we factor in the teaser line, we're going to get that down to Packers minus half a point. So in effect, we're just looking for them to win the game. Um, and the big story this week in this game is the Bears, who lost Jay Cutler uh, two weeks ago when they played the Redskins. So they're into their backup quarterback. Josh McCown is playing a quarterback this week. So, so that's the reason this line's so high. I mean, in reality, it should have been, you know, if, if Cutler was playing, it would have been much lower. Right. Uh, but now you're looking at a, uh, a backup quarterback on the road Monday night um, yeah, so it could be tough for McCown, who has made only this will be his third start since the beginning of 2008. So uh, he hasn't had much experience in starting uh, starting games. Um, and this specific matchup, Packers Bears, uh, since 2008, uh, Packers are 11 and 0 against the spread with the 10 point teaser swing against the Bears. Wow! So they've covered every game when you factor in the the teaser line. Um, so, you know, we're looking at a, a Packers offense, you know, number three, going up against a Bears pass defense, uh, which is number 25. Yeah, so overall at Pro Football Focus, the Bears are, are next to last overall in the NFL as far okay. as defense, which is interesting because, you know, when you think of a Bears team, you think of, you know, run the ball, tough defense, blah, 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 blah. But this year's Bears team has sort of been everything the opposite, you know, has been a, yeah. a weak defense and a, a nice offense, but without Cutler, you know, as you're saying, that that offense will not function at, you would imagine, will not function at the same level. Yeah, I mean, when you look at power ratings, and power ratings really just factor in prior performance. So so the Bears coming into this week are, are actually pretty high in the power ratings. Um, you know, they're in the top 10 in most power ranking scenarios. 
but that factors in just prior performance. It doesn't factor in what they're going to be like without Cutler. Right. So like Football Outsiders has a little caveat that says, yeah, the Bears are pretty high up, but don't forget they lost their starting quarterback, so they're going to regress down a little bit. So, so looking at these numbers kind of to factor in the you know the current scenarios of of injuries and things like that. Like the Packers are injured; they they have players that have been knocked out. Like uh, Jermichael Finley's out, um, so he's gone. And then Randall Cobb is still Cobb out. Is gone. James Jones is still week to week. Um, but they have Jordy Nelson, and it seemed like that's all they needed last week. So, um, you know, I'm looking at Rodgers playing against this Bears defense at home and just saying all they need to do is win, and I think I like that. Um, when you look at Monday Night Football, the teams that are um, home favorites on Monday Night Football uh, of 10 points or more are 20-0 and 0. So since 2001. So we're wow. A 12-year trend, 20 games where the home favorite on Monday night was favored by more than 10, and they've, they've uh, covered every one of them um, with the 10-point teaser swing. So um, that's a pretty strong indication that the Bears or that the Packers should have an advantage here. Um, and just one final stat that I'll throw out there before we move on to the next, uh, the next game is that the Packers – are in effect we're looking for them to win the game. We're laying a half a point. So right. they just need to win. So they're 18 and 1 in regular season games at home since 2011. So when you factor in the 10 point teaser swing. So that's that's them winning games and covering. So this week we just need them to win straight up. Um strong uh, game. I like that one. I like that yeah, one. I go to the I go to the Packers a lot just cuz the numbers jump out at me, especially in these uh, division games. They're really strong. And even with the injuries, the team feels like it's getting stronger as the year goes. You know, I was sort of questioning them early in the year, but it, it feels like they're, they're, getting, they're getting into a, a rhythm. So you ready for game two? Uh, game two, let's do it. All right. What do we got? Okay. All right, game two. We're going to go with a total. So we're looking at an over-under. Okay. All right, so this matchup has... Uh, one team that has the number three rush def- the number three rush offense okay. versus the number thirty one rush defense, uh, and the other and the other matchup shows uh, the opposing team uh, has the number two pass offense going up against the number twenty pass defense, and these teams combine to give up fifty two points a game total. Wow. Well, my I think I've got this one, and. Even though with the swing, it looks like it still looks like a sort of a highish number, but I'm going to say this is Redskins Chargers. This is Redskins Chargers. There we go. There we go. I'm one for two. Nice. Totals are tough to get a a, a question for. You have to kind of take out yeah. take all the information out. It's like okay, how are we going to make this one uh, anonymous? So so yeah, this is uh, this is Chargers at Redskins. Uh, the total is 51, so we're pushing that total down to 41. And uh, we're taking the over. So we're going over 41 uh, in this game. Um, A couple of interesting stats I saw. uh, This year, the AFC West, uh, which is where the Chargers play, is matched up against the NFC East. So all the AFC West teams are playing the NFC East teams this year. Uh, And this season, the uh, AFC West teams versus NFC East so far, there's been 10 games. Nine of them have gone over. So nine and one over when you factor in the 10-point teaser swing. Um, and if you're, the, the Eagles have played in three of them, 
and they've all gone over where we had, uh, you know, the the Broncos game where they scored a lot of points. The Chargers they played and it was thirty three to thirty, and then that that game against um, against Kansas City, which was it went under, but if you used the ten points, it went over. So, right. so the AFC West uh, versus NFC East, we're looking at overs in those games uh, with the ten point teaser swing. Um, and then the AFC West, when they play out of conference opponents this year, eighteen and two, and the over is hit. So that's nine. That's eighteen and two on the over. So ninety percent of those games have gone over. So I don't know what it is about the AFC West, but uh, they're scoring and they're giving up points at the same time, and the, these these games are going over. Um, so you know, so we're looking at like the Redskins are a rushing team uh, without with um, Alfred Morris. They have right. RG3, who you know last week they they had they had a tough game against the Broncos and he got beat up a little bit, but uh, hopefully he's coming back 100% this week uh, and can keep the ball on the ground and they can be able to move the ball because the Chargers have the number 31 rushing defense. So I'm hoping that, expecting them to be able to move the ball on the ground. And on the opposite side, the Chargers have the number two pass offense. Phillip Rivers is really delivering this year, and uh, the Redskins are coming in at, at number number 19 in pass defense. Yep. And we saw Manning last week kind of do what he needed to do. It's Peyton Manning versus Phillip Rivers, but it's still two. You know, Manning's a good quarterback, and Phillip Rivers is playing pretty good this year. So He's playing great, I think. Yeah, so I'm thinking that, you know, Phillip Rivers, he's number two in total QBR, QB rating at ESPN. He's number two in the traditional passer rating this season. And he's got, thir- you know, he's putting up 305 yards a game. He has 15 touchdown passes. Um, and last week, Manning threw four TDs against the Redskins and put up 350 yards. Well, and when you look at the advanced numbers, you're at a, at a very basic level. The the defenses of these two teams, two of the four bottom defenses in the NFL overall, and the offenses, you're looking at the number three and the number nine offense overall in the NFL. So yeah. it, this combination of good offenses versus bad defenses, you know, is a yeah. a pretty basic one that I think I think adds up good here. That's a good you know, spot by you. Yeah, the Redskins themselves are giving up thirty almost thirty three points a game. So that's that's a lot of points. Right. Um and then both teams have pretty bad um special teams. Uh, the Redskins are worst in special teams uh ranking this year, the thirty second. Um and I looked at the football outsiders ranking and actually Washington at this point in the season as the second worst special teams of all time uh, goes back to the I think '89 is when Football Outsiders goes back, and the Redskins have the second uh, worst pa- uh, special teams in that in that whole span. So, wow. hoping that maybe the Chargers can get some good field position on uh, special teams plays, punts, kickoffs, and shorten the field a little bit for Phillip Rivers. Um, and maybe the Redskins can do the same against a pretty weak um, Chargers special team. So any special team's points is always a bonus, especially when you're betting the over. You like to see those. Uh, but, yeah, so we're going to go Redskins-Chargers uh, over 41 and hoping that uh, both of these teams can put up at least 20 um, and get us to the over. So, All right, here we go. Game three. Game three. Okay, game three. So this team that we're using for game three, since 2012 – they're 11 and 0 against the spread uh, at home with a 10 point teaser swing with an average margin of victory of 19 points. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say that since it's since 2012, this says to me that Fanasaurus is going Seahawks minus 6 at home against the Bucks. 
You are correct. There we go. Two out of three. I'm pretty good at this game. Pretty good. Yeah, this is... Uh, not bad. Not bad at this game. The Seahawks and the Packers are familiar uh, selections. Right. Either we've used the, the Packers a few times, and we've used the, the Seahawks also a few times. You know, and the reason is they're good teams, and when you give them a 10-point advantage on the line... You know they're gonna. They're usually going to be, uh, you know, on the winning side, and the stats, um, the trends at least, uh, point to that. We had the Seahawks last week on Monday night, and that was a tough game, division game, and they escaped St. Louis with a win. Um, they didn't cover. They were laying uh, 11 and a half. They won by five, and they held off. Uh, like we said earlier, held off a uh, goal. A, a, you know, put up a goal line stand uh, last play of the of the game. Right. Made me nervous. Um, so hopefully they can bounce back. They're coming home. They're playing Tampa Bay. Uh, the line is 16. So we're dropping the line down from 16 to minus 6. So we're looking at Seattle minus 6 at home against Tampa. Um, Tampa is uh, – they're a tough team, to, tough team to get your mind around because, you know, on paper they're not bad in terms of – of defense, and that's sort of their strong suit, but their offense is a mess. I mean, yeah. you know, they're, they're down at the bottom um, in, in, in rankings. They're 30th out of 32. They're 26th in pass. They're 27th in rush. Uh, I believe Doug Martin, let me check that. I believe he's out this week. Um, he should with that shoulder. And I'll tell you another thing as far as their defense. Yeah, he is out. Yeah. Here's so, a, here's another you were mentioning before as far as the defensive ranking being past performance. So after those first four games where they played really well defensively, you're mm-hmm. talking about they allowed 31 to the Eagles, they allowed 31 to the Falcons, and 31 to the Panthers. And yep. and these are not that Falcons offense, that Panthers offense. Though the Panthers are playing better, and that Eagles offense, as we've seen the last couple of weeks, that that Bucks defense looks to me like they've given up to me, you know, who, who was playing strong at one point, but has caught a, a pretty serious case of the Shianos. Yeah, and, I, and that's kind of what I'm hoping that all happen is where, um, you know, it's an interesting, you know, the numbers come out in a weird way where Seattle at home since 2012 is averaging 31 points a game, and Tampa Bay in the last three games they played have given up 31 points exactly in every one of those games. So, you know, maybe we'll get another 31. But, um, but yeah, I, I think we're looking at, you know, a team in Seattle. They're, you know, they are focused on Super Bowl, right? For them, it's pretty much Super Bowl or bust. They right. almost got there last year. There's no getting better and getting better. This is the year they need to, they think they, they can do it. Uh, last week was tough. It was a division game on the road Monday night. Um, and now they come home against a weaker opponent, and I think this is a scenario where they're just gonna—they're just gonna feast on these guys. They don't want to be fighting the game until the last play of the fourth quarter, so they're gonna try and get out there and just, you know, put a stranglehold on the Buccaneers' offense, which is weak as it is. And then you're going up against the number one defense uh, or number two, depending on how you rank the Chiefs um, in the league, and without Doug Martin, with a backup quarterback. I just don't see how they can – I don't see how the the Buccaneers can put up enough points to cover. You know, if I can get 20, 20 points from from the Seahawks, I think we'll be okay because I yep. don't 
I don't know if the Buccaneers are going to be able to score. No, I mean that's Se- that Seattle defense is is dominating. If they're not yeah. the best, they're the second best in the NFL. You know, it's Kansas City and Seattle, and then everybody else. I think. Yeah, we said that last week. Where like how we looked at the Rams, and like okay, the backup quarterback they have, they they have a pretty you know the rush game wasn't that strong, um, and it was like all right, well how many how are they going to score? And you know they got three field goals. They didn't even get in the end zone. So, um, and that was a division game, and they were they were at home, and they couldn't even get in the end zone. So now you're looking at a team traveling all the way across country to, you know, Tampa to Seattle might be, you know, besides Miami to Seattle, it could be the furthest road trip in the whole league. Um, so I just don't see where they, you know, they're 0-7, the Buccaneers are 0-7. They're just, I mean, they've got to be in a in some kind of just when's the season over mode by now. Yep, yep. Um, you know, do they want to, are they, do they have enough pride to be, you know, let's not get the number one pick, or are they sort of like, you know, screw Shiano, we're going to, you know, we're going to do what we got to do, and whatever happens to him happens. It doesn't seem like they're rallying around the guy. So. <laughs> no, no, you know, it he, seems quite just, the opposite. Yeah. yeah, waiting for him to get fired or whatever. I mean, it's it's just ugly there, and, and this is a game where I think Seattle um, – should be able to to get the to get the win and cover. One trend I did find that was interesting that teams as back-to-back 10-point favorites. So Seattle was 10-point favorite last week at uh St. Louis or 11-point favorite. This week they're they're uh, 16, so they're back-to-back 10-plus point favorites. 23 and 0 since 2008 when you factor in the 10-point teaser spread. So and wow. that that trend also um We'll factor in other times this season, probably with the Broncos and um, you know, and other teams that are that are favored by double digits multiple times. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's saying these teams are good and they're just going to win, and they're laying ten or more, you know, and you're giving me ten points onto that in my advantage. You know, that's that's just good teams beating up bad teams. Um, Sidney Rice is out. You know, he they lost the uh, Seahawks lost uh, one of their wide receivers. Percy Harvin is. I don't know if he's playing this week. I keep seeing that he might, but I don't think he will. So they are a little shorthanded in terms of in terms of the offense. Uh, but I think they'll be uh, I think they'll be okay. And I think this is a situation where they'll just you know get it done just because they know they need to keep their their they need to keep the season moving with wins. The 49ers are right behind them, and this is a team that they should be able to beat up on and win and cover and just you know, move on to the next week. Um, they play Atlanta next week and then Minnesota and then a bye week. So they could technically run off three more wins in a row and just be sitting, sitting fat at 10 and one um, and just, you know, getting ready for the playoffs. So uh, I do like uh, Seattle minus six uh, at home this week against Tampa Bay. Um, so, yeah, let's think we can, uh, you know, cover. It's a big line, 16. And then yeah. I'm still laying almost a touchdown even after the, t- the, the teaser spread. So, um, any thoughts on that? What's your uh, opinion on on Tampa Bay going cross country? Yeah, I like. Well, I think you know when we were talking on the the Times Yours podcast about Tampa Bay before the Eagles played them, and we were talking about how good the defense was. I kept saying the the only exception because I thought the Eagles would have trouble with that defense. I said the only thing you have to watch for is that at some point this defense is just going to give up. There's no way they're going to continue to keep them in games if a they continue to lose games and b you know, the leaks are coming out about the players hating Shiano, and it started in the preseason, and they're just getting worse now. So I don't think you're talking about the best home team in the NFL, Seattle. I mean, that is the best home field advantage in the entire NFL. So while it does make me nervous, I like I like the teases best where you're where you basically have a great team 
that you just need to win, like the the Packers one. And I think we had three of them basically last week. So it makes me nervous is that you're still laying almost a touchdown. But I I can't imagine a scenario in which the Seahawks don't win this by six or more. You know, I this yeah. this seems like a, a pretty strong one to me. The only one, the only other one I was looking at was this week was the Patriots at home get you know with the teaser against the Steelers. The Steelers are a junk team; they just yeah. really are. And I can't I can't imagine the Patriots not covering, you know, getting getting a field goal at home against Pittsburgh. Pitts and Pittsburgh's one of those teams like the Cowboys where. It seems like the it's a bit of a, a stupid fan base, and I think the line swings in their way a little more than it should. So that was the only other one that I thought was interesting. Yeah, you know, I did have that one circled, um, and I circled the over on that game too. It was uh, with the teaser points, oh, thirty-four, thirty-four. Yeah, and but I, again, the first thing I think of is all right. How's the bad team going to score points to get me over? So, right. You know, when you're looking at the Steelers, like, yeah, maybe they can put up enough. And, and I mean, I, I like the Pats. Um, you know, they're playing okay, but they seem like they're they're just getting by. Like yes, they're, I'd agree. You know, Brady's having a pretty mediocre year. They're winning games, and, you know, they beat the Saints in a weird fashion. They've had, you know, comebacks against the AFC East teams, which aren't really that strong. So, um, I don't know. I mean, the Pats themselves, uh, you know, they also get some public public uh, money as well. But, yeah, you're right. The Steelers, the Raiders, Cowboys, Packers are traditionally the four teams that get money regardless. They have a fan base that will bet them just because, hey, I like the Packers and I'm going to bet them. I like the Steelers and I'm going to bet them no matter what the line is. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, going back over the three picks this week, we're going to have um, the first one we we said was Green Bay uh, Packers. We're we're going to lay a half a point after we take the ten points away. So it's Green Bay minus a half point at home on Monday night against the Bears. Uh, the second pick was the Chargers Redskins. Chargers at Redskins, and we took the over and it's over forty one. And the third uh, game of the teaser this week is. Seattle, we're going to lay six uh, at home against Tampa Bay. So hopefully the two teams we've been relying on for most of the season, uh, Seattle and Green Bay, can keep uh, keep us in the in the winning column, and then we'll see what we can do in DC. See if those points can come our way. So every week, Fantasaurus will rate his three team teaser on a scale of one to five bazaars. That is a Delaware County reference, if you don't know what it is, Google it, with five bazaars being the most confident he could be in the teaser, one bazaar being the least confident. Last week was a four bazaar teaser. How do you rate this week's? This week's teaser, I am going to actually go a little bit on the lower side. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with a three. Okay. Uh, Wow. Okay. I was going to say three and a half, but I'm going to go three. And I say three because... um, I'm looking at uh, that total in the Redskins game. Yep. Uh, and, you know, I, I like the total. I picked it. I, I looked at the numbers. Um, but when we've done over-unders this year, it's, you know, we, we've hit a couple. I think we're 2-1 and one on the over-unders. But, but as we saw in that Cowboys-Eagles game, we had the over 46, and it just never even sniffed, you know, 25. It got to 20 points, and we thought there would be tons of points scored, and there wasn't. So I'm hoping that the Redskins' uh, history of giving up a lot of points will continue this week, and that'll give us the over uh, fairly 
easily, but uh, that's the reason that I'm lowering this a little bit. I love the Packers. I think they're going to definitely get the job done on Monday night at home. And I do like Seattle, even though we're laying the six. I think they're uh, in a very good position to bounce back. If they blew out the Rams last week and kind of came in a little fat and lazy, maybe I would have not picked them. But I think they woke up last week and said, you know what, we're – we need to get the job done. Uh, we can't just walk into games where we're big favorites and expect to roll the teams because that's not going to happen. So this week, hopefully, they get a little bit of a wake-up call and they can knock uh, knock Tampa Bay back for even even further than they already are. So um, kind of feel bad for the Bucks a little bit and their fans, but every team goes through cycles. Screw them, screw just, them, bro. Just their, this is just their uh, their time to be in the basement, but they'll be back. All right, we're going to look at Super Bowl odds a little bit. We have the brand new Super Bowl odds. This is from. Nevada, the favorite all year. I think it opened up as a co-favorite with the 49ers, but yeah, it did at seven to one. But now the Broncos are the favorite at three to one, which I think is a. I don't like it all. I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't. I don't think the Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl, and I think three to one odds is average value at best. It doesn't seem like a value bet to me at all. Yeah, they um they still haven't played Kansas City. I mean, right. we don't know what they got. If they play Kansas City and they and they can't put up any points, um, then we know that a good defense can beat them because anyone, every team that's played them this year has proven that that they can be scored upon. Right. Um, you know, and Manning last week, even against the Redskins, was was you know looked. You know, it looked like they were going to lose the game. I mean, he turned on the Jets in the second half, and it was sort of all over. But for for a few minutes there, it looked like the Redskins had him up on the ropes with defensive, uh, you know, interceptions and pick six. And you know, I, I I agree with you that you know the Broncos have proven that they can score a lot of points, but they really haven't proven that they can shut some shut a team down. Um, so next week they play KC. Uh, they've they have two two games against KC over the next their next three games. So they have a bye week this week, but the next two of the next three games from them are against Kansas City, and that'll really tell us, you know, what they have. Can they score on good defenses? Right. Uh, but yeah, three to one is pretty low right now, and it's it's been dropping. I mean, it went seven to one. Yeah, six, six to one. one, three to one. So um, yeah, and then you have the co- the NFC West. Um, you know, two-headed monster there, Seattle and San Francisco. Um, Seattle at five to one, and San Francisco at seven to one. Um, so one of those teams is going to win the division, um, obviously, and the other one's probably going to be just a game or two behind. Um, you know, to get to, but when it comes to the playoffs, I wouldn't want to be the team that plays the wild card game against whoever this losing. No. Team is. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at the rest of the lines, I. I I was surprised to see the Panthers up to thirty-three to one. Yeah, I think it might be a little bit of value. I don't know. I mean, the NFC strong. I mean, there's if any you know if if any team can come through, it, it, you know, it could be it could be Carolina. I don't uh, a lot of strong teams in the NFC that are going to beat up on each other. So I like the Saints um, at seven to one, man. Yeah, that, that's yep. that Saints one looked good to me. And the you know Forty ers at seven to one and Seahawks at five to one both seem average to me. Like if you believe in either, I think the problem with the Niners one is that if they don't win the division, I think the problem with everybody in the NFC is potentially going through Seattle. You know, is winning an NFC championship game in Seattle. I think is going to be a tough putt. And yeah. and the other one, regardless of the loss last night, because Thursday night football is junk anyway, and it was a huge jump from last month to this month. But the Bengals at fourteen to one were a pick of a lot of people before the season started as a Super Bowl team. I don't think that's terrible—a uh, terrible bet there at fourteen to one. Yeah, you know, I have um, 
I have the Bengals myself, not to jinx. Oh, right. there you go. Yeah, I got them early, and I got in at 35-1, to 1, so I'm, I'm liking where I'm at. They had an injury last night, Geno Atkins. Right. Defensive lineman's out, ACL. Or they haven't confirmed it yet, but it seems like it's an ACL injury, so that that could hurt. But but yeah, I mean they lost last night on the road, um, but they should roll through the NF- AFC North um, and possibly you know be up there, probably a two seed. You know whoever wins the the West, KC or the Broncos, will probably be the one seed, um, and if they can get the two seed. It's an interesting little uh, story. I mean, they 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 you know they cycled back. They have, a couple of years ago they were pretty bad, and now they're fighting their way back. Every year they're getting better, and this is just a good year for them because the the NFC AFC North, excuse me, um, is kind of on a downswing. You know, with the Steelers are a little bit uh, you know they're playing not as well as usual. The Ravens just got old and they're now regrouping, yeah. uh, and the Browns are the Browns. So I mean, they're gonna you know the the Bengals look like they could take that division. Uh, pretty easily. Yeah, the only thing that makes you nervous, and this is what he does every time, is as soon as Andy Dalton starts to look like the, you know, he's taking the leap, blah, 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 he goes and he throws in a clunker like he did last night. But yeah. I'm, I'm going to go and give him an excuse. I'm going to excuse that one because I excuse everyone's performances on Thursday night football. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to make pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, the Chiefs were, were a little... Um interesting number they started off at 50 to 1 and they're down to 12 to 1 um and like the same argument i'll make with the with the broncos until i see the chiefs play a good team um i'm gonna withhold judgment i mean they're playing great they're eight no but they're you know they really haven't played a strong schedule um, and their offense stinks man I, I i don't think they can win the super bowl if only because i just they can't score points enough you know if if they find one i just Against it, if a team goes and puts twenty three up on them in the you know in the playoffs, I do I believe that the Chiefs can go and put twenty seven on somebody. I just you know I w- without a a pick six or something, I just don't I don't believe that's going to happen in the playoffs. Yeah, and and just like looking at if you want to grab a long shot, long shot, just you know take a flyer. Maybe you know maybe the Chargers. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're going to be under the radar in the AFC, and that offense can can do enough. Um, but the first, their first move is to get into the playoffs. I mean, they're going to be they're the third, they're the number three team in their own division. So, um, just getting in could be a chore. But, uh, but if they get in and they have that offense is still clicking like it looks like it is now, um, they could be they could be a team to reckon with. They seem to be under the radar. No one's talking about them between KC and Denver, and and everyone's talking about continues to talk about the Patriots. So, um, you know, and the Colts, Colts are getting some love. And I think they're too young, the Colts, um, maybe in a couple of years, next year maybe, but I don't see luck, um, you know, taking this team all the way. But, but maybe the Chargers at 50-1 at, uh, at to 1 might be able to sneak through a little bit. Um, one of the goals of betting these future bets, like Super Bowl bets or, you know, who's going to win the World Series, things like that, um, is hedging, an opportunity to hedge, which means, you know, you bet a team that's a long shot, or has a good you know, long odds, and then eventually, if they get far enough, you can start to hedge off your bet. You know, you lose, you bet against the, you bet against that team uh, as they're getting closer to the championship, and you can recover some of the money that you've bet. So, you know, if you have the like I have the Bengals at thirty-five to one, if they actually get to the AFC Championship, I mean, I could definitely put money on the other side of them, and and if they lose, make a profit. If they win, I'm still holding a pretty large ticket for right. the Super Bowl hedge the same way, bet against them again, and just end up you know, profiting either way. So a lot of these, you know, we talked about sharps in the beginning, but a lot of the, the sharp guys are that bet you know, for a living. They take a lot of fly, a lot of teams they'll bet in the beginning of the year. They'll take maybe five or six teams, 
and one of them, you know, gets far enough and gets into the playoffs, gets deep enough, they can hedge off and and uh, you know and make some money off them. So um, that's why I think the Bengals got a lot of play early because they were a good like, hey, why not take a shot with them um, at thirty-five to one in a weaker division? You know, what's the risk? You know, and they win their division, then then you're kind of can play with you know play with your hedging opportunities at, at that point if they're you know a number two seed and. Or you know, making a making a playoff run, you can get some of your money back. Yeah. Well, once again, the three team teaser given out this week a three bizarre three team teaser is the Packers Packers minus a half Monday night. I love that we got to sweat it out till Monday night again. <laughs> Packers minus a half Monday night at home against the against the Bears. We have the Seahawks minus six at home against the awful Tampa Bay Bucks, and then we have the plus forty one. Over 41, rather, Redskins and Chargers. That is at Washington on Sunday. And that's it, right? That is it. All right. Well, good luck and good gambling. And I will, of course, only if it's in a place where gambling is, is legal. And yeah. um, hopefully we go 4 and 1 this week. For amusement purposes only. For yeah. amu- for, that, that's the right. That is the phrase for amusement purposes only. Yeah, All right. Get another winner. All right. right. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thanks, Mike. See you. You got to know when to hold